Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to our first ever live episode of the Counterpunch Podcast, a weekly Cracked Rackets production. Alongside my co-host, Arjit Suresh, I'm Richard Mai, and we're here to break down and analyze all things Wimbledon. We're so excited to be with you live this time. Hope you're all doing fantastic. Arjit, how are you, my friend? I, for one, am doing fantastic. I am hyped. It is our very first live show. Anybody who's in the chat, please be sure to... Give us any comments, concerns, questions. We'll take it all into consideration while we're doing this show. But I say let's get on with it. Yeah. So we're going to start off with the men's draw first. Winners and losers. The question, the big question on everybody's lips. Can anyone stop Novak Djokovic? Archit, what do you think? I'll give you a quick answer. No. But realistically, I feel like it's got to come down to a couple of candidates. Whether it's Carlos Alcaraz going absolutely nuclear He's still kind of unsure about his footing on the grass courts, despite winning the title in Queens last week. So a little iffy there could be even a Daniel Medvedev who's beaten him in a grand slam final before famously in that 2021 U S open final, but it just doesn't feel like there's a definitive player or game style that works against Djokovic on grass. Besides the fact that there is one player who's beaten him in a Wimbledon final and has never lost a set to him on grass before, and that's Andy Murray. But let's be real. He has a metal hip. He's not. He, what are we doing here? In my opinion, the one person that I would have set up that could, that I would say could beat Novak uh, pulled out just, what, hours ago. Um, I think I've, I've said it before, but I think the first set of last year's Wimbledon final, uh, the way Nick Kyrgios played that uh, that set it's the perfect example of how you beat Novak on grass, especially the unpredictability, the big serve, nice flat ground strokes. I just don't know if we have someone like that. Um, also to be at that caliber um, besides Kyrgios. And unfortunately there goes, in my opinion, what would it could have been our one hope? No, it's a perfectly reasonable argument, excuse me, argument, but I would, I would say that we saw what, Kyrgios was able to put up in last year's Wimbledon final and he he gave a good showing he really did took the first set in what was an extremely high quality first set from him he served his way to that first set extremely good in the transition game was really clean up at net played a tidy first set but it's just so impossibly hard to sustain that level for three sets to win three sets against Djokovic in a best of five setting, especially on grass where the Delta between him and the rest of the field on the men's side is just so vast that it just doesn't feel like a real possibility. Obviously Novak will go in as the prohibitive favorite, but there's a reason that they play these matches and he is human. No, no matter how much he doesn't seem like it, he is human. So there, there obviously is the chance that he doesn't win Wimbledon this year. Absolutely. Well, moving into uh, our quarter by quarter breakdown uh, again, starting on the men's side, we're going to go through our seeds. Um, starting first, Carlos Alcaraz, obviously 
a huge contender, um, a huge question mark on how he'll do in the grass. Um, I think this is just a case of scheduling, and we've discussed these woes on previous episodes, of not enough grass preparation. And what I think that also adds to it is that we don't have, we don't see enough of them. We don't have enough to go off of. Um, and we've seen very minimal of Carlos Alcaraz on the grass. What we have seen is really good, but we haven't seen a lot, which is troublesome for making predictions. Yeah, no, personally, I feel like we've at least gotten if, if, well, let me say this, if Alcaraz hadn't had the run that he had in Queens last week, I feel like it would have just been absolutely impossible to predict how he was going to do it this year's Wimbledon. I mean, he certainly made strides last year when he lost in the fourth round to Yannick Sinner in what was really tight four set battle. But I will argue that it just feels like now we have a definitive picture of what the Alcaraz game kind of looks like on grass. And it's, it's the same game that he brings to every surface. He's going to be hyper aggressive. He's going to go after every first ball in the rally. He's, going to dart around the court side to side and just make life an absolute living nightmare for everybody involved. And he's going to attack in the transition game and do what he does. And it's, we, he's shown that it can be effective on the grass. Obviously it can be given how well the grass adjusts to players with an offensive game style. So I'd be interested to see how Alcaraz navigates through the early rounds of this tournament, given that he's, you know, got the additional time of best of five and just is kind of working his way into it. Well, moving on to the next seed uh, right under him is Nico Jerry, who gets Marco Kekinato in the first round. Uh, what do you make of Nico Jerry? I think that's a real tough first round. I do think it is a real tough first round, but I just think Yari has just undeniable weapons for the surface. Like, with his first serve and his forehand, the ability to play first strike tennis is just, it's a game changer. It really is, especially on this surface. Do I think that he's shown real signs of success on the grass previously? No, I don't. But I also think that you'd be a fool not to think that his weapons wouldn't work on the surface. So I do think he gets through this first round. And after that, it does get quite a bit tougher. I mean, looking at both guys that could be potential second rounders for him, uh, Kubler and Umber, big weapons on grass courts. We've seen them play well on grass before. I don't know if he goes past second, but if he does, it's probably Alcaraz waiting there for him. So yeah, really tough, to me, but agree with those weapons. Yeah, to me, I have him. I have him getting through Cheganado and then losing in the second round to, I believe, I had Kubler beating Umber and uh yari here but kubler has now made the fourth round of wimbledon last year umber a former Halla champion so definitely not an easy path for him and can i just say like this quarter is unbelievably stacked there are way too many good players in this section of the draw yeah and we'll get to that soon but the next seed surprisingly at 19 um alexander zverev Big weapons, again, um, if he can flatten out his strokes, as we've seen him do before, I think this could be a really good place for him to be. He doesn't have the worst of draws up until that third round. Mark andrea Hessler, very difficult. That third round is going to be tough. Three out of those four players are, I think, Grand Slam quarterfinalists? 
or at least fourth rounders. Yeah, um, some, which like will that. make it very difficult for him. But big games on grass between Berrettini, Sonego, and Demonor. Yeah. Demonor just now making the Queens final, losing to Alcaraz. Berrettini, obviously a former Wimbledon finalist. Whatever you say, like you can disregard the health concerns. If he is healthy, he's a, he's a contender for this title, but he just isn't. So I really wouldn't factor him too much. But even then, you can't discount the fact that he could find his form once again. And Lorenzo Sonigo, just again what we've established weapons, weapons, weapons. That's what gets you wins on this surface. And Sonego has that in spades. So. And the next seed is, we just mentioned him. Alex Demonor made the final in Queens. Great run there. Really proved himself on the grass. I just think this is such a force to be reckoned with in this quarter. I think he's going to be so difficult. I have him losing in the fourth round to, to Carlos Alcaraz. I just, I don't see anyone in this draw that can do enough damage. Berrettini, I just don't think he's established enough yet. We, I know he's, you know, made the final here before, and he's obviously so good on the grass, um, as proven by that Wimbledon final. Um, I just don't think it's enough. I mean, Alex Demonor looks really good on the grass this season, so that's where I have him. Yeah, and one thing that I do want to talk about are the improvements that Demonor's made on his serve and his ability to kind of get into the court, especially on grass. I feel like just the way that the grass makes the ball stay low and gives Demonor the ability to hit through his slice wide on the on the deuce side, especially his ability to navigate his way through service games and put pressure on his opponents with that unrelenting depth and like very solid pace generation that's clearly improved every year that he's been on tour. Now, do I think that he has real weapons that can manhandle and dismantle the game of any top player no not really but i do think he has a very effective game for grass and you just can't deny that his movement is second to none great movement and also great reflexes uh up at net which is going to be important if he chooses to uh take on that sort of volley approach that for example like a maxime Cressy has yeah. um so and, those he, and he's got a solid are huge yeah. And he's got a solid transition game, really good slice, very like very respectable hands in the forecourt. Like I wouldn't say they're like, oh, they're Roger Federer. No, they're not, but they're darn good. Like they're they're weapons. They really are. Those are his weapons. His his intangibles really are Demonar's weapons. His ability to compete, the speed, and just the like the tennis IQ that he brings, especially on grass, just really elevates him especially on the surface which i feel like gives him a real shot and making some noise here and it absolutely shown uh at the queen in queens and i mean i think what we saw there is why you can have so much confidence in demon or if that's who you want to back uh this wimbledon the next seed is exciting to me i think this is gonna be really big for him and it's francis tiafo new to the top 10 seated at number 10 Man, do I think he'll make a splash here, but that's one tough first round, Yi Bing Wu. I mean, of all the people you could have drawn as a top 10 seed, that is not who I want to see across the net if I'm Francis Tiafo. But I think I think he can do it. He's got a really nice game for the grass, nice big serve, um, can flatten out his strokes when he needs to. Just I think this is this could be his year. I mean, he already has made a splash at the US Open last year. I think he can follow it up again with another 
I have him in the semifinals. That's a little bit <laughs> with 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 Holgaruna in this in this quarter. It makes it a little bit difficult to um to say, but uh, I think that's I do who, want to establish uh, that you have Francis Tiafo in the semifinals. I mean, first yeah. of all, what a moment that would be for American tennis. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because Wimbledon seems to be the tournament that just captures the audience in a way that the other slams don't in the U.S. And I'm talking about even with the U.S. Open, it just seems to me that whether it's the fact that, oh, you, you know, kids are, aren't in school or it, Wimbledon captures the U.S. audience right in the July 4th weekend and it's always on ESPN, whereas maybe like the French wouldn't be because it's on tennis channel rotated to Peacock. Maybe those are the issues. And obviously the Australian open with the hours, but it does feel like Wimbledon with the prestige and the, the glory that it holds in the tennis calendar. It does feel like that would be a massive step in Americans men's tennis to see Francis back it up with what he did at the U S open last year and get to the semifinals. That would be unreal for him and for American tennis. I, I I mean, I'm with you, maybe not all the way with you, but I, I'm with you on the extent to where Francis just has the game to succeed on grass. The first serve, the forehand, the movement, the ability, well, actually not the forehand, sorry, the backhand, the movement, and the ability to just maneuver his way around a grass court with the creativity and just the finesse that he's able to establish on the court. It's It's phenomenal, really, but... To, to me, Francis just has the ability to physically last with anybody in a best of five setting. Like Francis Tiafo, and I'll give you another hot take. He might be the best athlete on tour. I'll accept that take. I, I definitely would put him in my top five in terms of athleticism, movement, flexibility, and, and all, again, the, before, all the things that you need. Yeah. And before people get at me in the chat, I'm just going to say not... I, I'm not saying he's a better tennis player, a better mover on a tennis court than yeah. say Novak Djokovic or Carlos Alcaraz. I'm just saying as an athlete, Francis has those just elite traits, whether it's he's also very well rounded exactly. in terms yeah. of athleticism. Yeah. Whereas other players may excel in one case, but not the other. Um, but what does scare me about Tiafo are the other seeds in his quarter of the draw because they are very daunting. Um, the next one is his potential third round, Grigor Dimitrov, who, yes and no. Um, I feel very conflicted about what I would call Dimitrov's ceiling. Um, he has made the semifinals here before. It's been a very long time since then. So, and a lot, of, and a lot has happened since then as well. Um, I, I don't, I think that this goes Tiafo's way. I do. That's why I have him as far as I do. I think, uh, Tiafo also does very well in late stages when he makes those late stages, just because, um, like a lot of other players, both on the men's and women's tour, you kind of build and build and build throughout the tournament. And you, you know, with more match wins, you get more confident, uh, and that consistency goes up. You get used to the atmosphere, the courts, all that good stuff. And I think that's why I have France going as far as I do. Um, how do you feel about Dimitrov, though? No, I feel, I actually feel pretty good about Grigor. Like, just because of the fact that in 
in a draw where the rest of the crew on grass, barring Djokovic and Murray and the older guard, the rest of this generation on grass tends to struggle with the movement aspects. And it's just somewhat unfamiliar with how to navigate a grass court, especially in a best of five setting. When that's the case, and given the fact that Wimbledon has been so open for so many years now, it just, it really just feels like if something breaks Dimitrov's way and, you know, he finds himself in the third round facing an unseated player or fourth round, he could really make some noise. I really do think so. Like, Grigor's ability, especially with how well he can keep his backhand slice low and just the fluidity that he's established in his movement and even with his ground strokes, it, it, you can't deny the fact that Grigor can be very, very dangerous on the surface. I think that in his kind of like, I don't even know what you would call it, that portion between him and Tiafo, I would pick him to beat any of those guys except for Tiafo. Need we remember that the last two Wimbledons have gone very well for Francis. Third round in 21, fourth round last year. I think he could follow it up with some more. This is a tournament. This is a, this is the slam that Tiafo, I think, historically has done the best at. Um, maybe Before the US, making maybe, the I would tie with the US, the US Open. Open. Yeah. He well, made the me, quarterfinal the of Open, the Australian yeah. in 2019. The French... Never usually goes really well French for Americans. Yeah. Um, and in, and at Wimbledon in five appearances, two for two third rounds and a fourth round, only bested by the U.S. Open, two fourth rounds and a semifinal. This is a tournament that he knows and does well at. I just think that this is his moment because his game has grown so much since last year, and. You know, if he could make the fourth round with his game last year, I think he can go farther with this more developed game this year. Yeah. And I think we all knew that he had this in him. I think we all knew he had the game for this. It was just about finding the consistency and figuring out a way to regularly package all of his tools and attributes into a way that wins points at a successive rate at a successful rate consistently. And that's always been the question with Francis, but now he's figured out a way to package the serve, the ability to keep his backhand hard and flat back through penetrating the court. And even the forehand has certainly had its improvements and just the touch, the athleticism. He's able to, he's, he's now found a way to make Francis Tiafo, he's Francis Tiafo style tennis. He's made, he's turned it into a winning I don't know. He's, he's winning formula. Francis, let's yeah, call it that. Yeah, winning formula. Francis Tiafo is just good at tennis now. Like, <laughs> great way to put it. Uh, seed number thirty-one. Moving on is Alejandro uh, Davidovich Fakina. I am not very high on this one. Uh, this one, as opposed to other players, historically his worst slam. Um, has not made it past the second round, two appearances, first round, second round in 21 and 22, respectively. I think that, honestly, I have him losing to Van de Zanschulp in the second round. I just think this is a very unfortunate draw for him. Uh, tough wild card in Arthur Feast. And then to be followed up with what will probably be Bo- Bodic Van de Zanschulp, who made the fourth round last year here. I just... Yeah. 
it, it's tough for him. It's really tough. And I don't think it goes farther than the second round. If it does, come on. You have Holgerun, Teo Arnaldi, Carbias Baena. This is not a very favorable draw for him. No, yeah. I'll, if you want to take, I'll do you one better. I have him losing to Feast in the first round. Really? I, to me, to me, this is the match. This is the first round of this quarter. This is the one that I feel like everyone's attention should be towards. They, by the way, this is the second. Um, this is the second main draw of a slam that they've played each other in the first round. With Feast taking Davidovich Fakina to four sets on clay, four really tight sets, mind you. But four tights. And minding on... you that Davidovich Fakina is a clay court player. Like that's kind of his I mean, strong suit. Not, yeah, not to discredit anything that he does on the hard courts, but his strength and his best surface historically has been clay. And structurally, I just feel like Feast has the ability to really get after things, especially with just the aggressive mindset that he has. I don't know if he's ready to score as big of an upset as this on grass yet, given that he's just had such little experience in his career. This is he could, one, he could make it really interesting. This is one of my first rounders that I've starred in terms of like when I when I pick, you know, matches and do you, you know, do like match predictions, I always pick at least one upset in the first round. I think that's a good kind of benchmark to set yourself if you're doing a bracket challenge. There's going to be I mean, like record wise, there is almost always an upset in the first round. A seed goes down. And this is one of the ones that I've starred as my potential, you know, a seed could go down. It's not his surface, tough opponent. I just don't think this is his his time. At the US Open, probably. <laughs> um we'll give it to moving him there, on. Yeah. Holgaruna, what do we think? I'm very iffy. He could do some damage. I think he has a very favorable draw. Except for Matteo Arnaldi, I haven't seen what he could do on a grass court, but I think he could do very well. I have Rune probably fourth round. Yeah, to me, I think I think Rune gets I think he gets as close to holding seed as he can. Like to me, Tiafo is just a better grass court player than Runa is. And not to say that Holger couldn't be a factor on grass in the coming future. He just doesn't have the experience yet. What I will say, though, is he does kind of have the Djokovician ability to slide on grass and his ability to move in and out of corners is very fluid and he can absorb and deflect pace really, really well, especially for someone his age. So I do think, you know, like Holger can be a factor and I wouldn't be shocked to see him in at least the quarterfinals, semifinals and deep into the second week. I wouldn't be shocked to see it. I'm just not picking it, but that's not to say that Holger can't make a real run here. The next seed down is somebody that I'm very excited about because I think this guy could do a lot of damage and it's Daniel Medvedev uh, has a really well, nice game. But before, for the we, surface. before we move on to the next quarter, do you want to give your final quarterfinal prediction? Oh boy! Um, for this quarter, I have Alcaraz versus Tiafo. Do you have a winner? This is so tough, just because like I I don't think I've seen enough from Alcaraz. Um, I mean, I I I think that's to me that's a five setter. To me, that's a five setter. Um. 
I'll, I'll I'll turn it over to you um, as I try to gather myself and try to figure out a winner for that one. Okay, well, I'm going to go with Alcaraz over Tiafo. I'm with you. I just feel like he's shown me enough with his Queens run and what he did at Wimbledon last year. He's shown me enough progression to where I feel like even if Alcaraz isn't a comfortable grass player yet, he's still a better tennis player than the majority of players that he's going to run into. Now, I do yes. think Tiafo could match him both athletically and just just all game style wise on the grass. I do think Tiafo kind of knows what he's supposed to do more than Alcaraz does, but I just think Alcaraz will just find a way to get through that. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the matches of the tournament, if it does happen and we do get to see that matchup, but I'm going to go Alcaraz over Tiafo. Why don't we move on to the next quarter? We are sorry. We did spend the majority of time on this quarter, but it was by far stacked by far the yeah. most stacked out of all of them. So we'll head on. Let's to the next. let's just kind of half sprint through this one. Uh, Daniel Medvedev, uh, something that I'm very excited to see um, fourth round last year, right? Or he, uh, no, he didn't play last, last year. year. Sorry. 2021 uh, fourth round. Um, I think he has a really good game for the surface. Um, n- really great. Big serve um, moves pretty well for a guy of his height and his stature. Um, and also, again, can really flatten out his strokes. Um, I just, I really like Medvedev's chances. I do. Yeah, no, I won't deny that he's got a good shot, especially with his serve and kind of his ability to, given his flat ground strokes, I really do think that he could make it happen. I am a little worried about the pace generation on the forehand still, even despite the improvements he's made with the changing of his strings from earlier this year. But I will say that it ju- I think it just feels like Medvedev has got a real shot at going deep in this tournament. So I wouldn't be surprised. Once again, I do want to shout out um, the fact that he's going to be playing Arthur Ferry in the first round of Stanford tennis, a collegiate star, but tough draw for him. Um, next one, Talon Greekspor gets uh, Martin Fachovic. Um Really good first round. This is one of my first rounders to watch. I really like this this matchup. Um, how do you feel about Greek sport? Yeah, I would feel a lot better if he didn't draw Fuchovic in the first round. <laughs> Fuchovic is the former quarter finalist here, I believe. I think he made it in 2021, but he, I don't know. I think Greek sport certainly could get through that and has the game to kind of go farther than what we expect of him. But I don't know. I, I think I'm picking the upset here and going Fuchovic. In the interest of time, um, Francisco Sarundolo, I wish I could expand because man, do I think this guy's going to make a real big splash at Wimbledon this year really proved himself. And funnily enough, the guy that is his predicted projected uh, third round is the guy he just beat um, in the finals of, was that Birmingham? East, I think Eastbourne. Um. Yeah, Tommy Paul. Uh, so let's hit two with one. Uh, let's hit two birds with one stone. I think these are two guys that could make a very big impact in in this tournament. Um, outside of the top ten in terms of seeding, uh, for uh for this one, but both have done a really great job of adapting from the clay to the grass, which is so so important. Uh, took their opportunities to play those tournaments. Uh, took those took the time to adapt to, uh, to the different surface. 
Um, and man, do I think these guys can do some real big damage. They are in a very tough draw, though. Very tough quarter. Yeah. It's a shame that the projected third round is here. Although I will say Tommy Paul did seem to pick up a bit of a leg injury in that match against Sarundula. I was watching it, I think it happened mid second set. He still managed to win that set and was pretty competitive throughout, but it'll be interesting to see if he's able to recover from that properly and really give, go at this Wimbledon draw in full strength, given that he did he make the quarterfinals last year or fourth round, fourth round. Yep. Yeah. Uh, fourth round. Next, still, yeah. Yeah, he's Tom Paul's only played one Wimbledon main draw in his career, which is really surprising. But I think he has the game to go deep. But I'm gonna pick Sarundalo. With that said, a very exciting Brit uh, is next on our list, Cam Nori. Where do we see Cam going? I, I, I've, I, I want to feel really good about this guy just because the strides he's made in his game are like he's improved so much. But this is, in my opinion, one of the toughest portions of the draw between him, um, Sitsipas, and in my opinion, the strongest in terms of outside of top 15 seeds. Outside of like, the top 16 seeds, this is the toughest draw with Korda and Shelton. This is not a fun draw to be in. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely a tough one. Korda, I think, really has potential to go deep. And Shelton obviously has massive potential with massive alter or the massive weaponry off both sides and the serve who can deny that but even then if you're not if you're looking at the unseated players it's cressy and murray and even dominic team or chris eubanks chris eubanks chris o'connell chris eubanks yeah it's a really tough section of the draw honestly yeah but I, I do. Cam Norris, the defending semifinalist here, we have to give him his props. I really do think that he has the game to go far and he can, especially with the home crowd on his side. But ultimately, I am a little bit higher on one guy who's a little down low in the draw, and that's Sebi Corda. He, he does. Can I can I counter and make a really ballsy, you know, statement here? Go ahead. There's there's a there's 100 million percent a world where he loses to Chris Eubanks in the second round, in my opinion. Yeah. What I what worries the only thing that I believe Nori has over Eubanks is the experience in enduring five setters, playing best of five sets. Um Chris Eubanks has not made very many splashes in um in Grand Slams. He hasn't made it past the second round. This is his first Wimbledon. Uh he proved very clearly in Mallorca that he can play on this surface, uh, that he can adapt to this surface. Um I think he's a great player. I the only way, the only part that I am very hesitant on with Eubanks is that lack of experience in three out of five sets. Yeah, no, Chris could certainly make a run. Former Georgia Tech standout. Got I've always got to give the college players a shout out here at Cracked Rackets, but I don't know. I don't think he. I mean, honestly, I don't think he just can do it in best of five sets over Eubanks, but. With his serve, and if the first if the first serve and the first forehand are firing, then he could be anybody. He really could. Well, from a promising American to two young Americans that have already shown us a lot of promise, Sebi Corda and Ben Shell, and I'll group them together. I this this is my this is my fourth round. I'm I'm gonna be completely honest with you. That's my this fourth is your round. Fourth round is Corda and Shellen. That is my fourth round. 
I just these are these are the two Americans that have proven to us very, very clearly how good they are on grass. Like well, Ben hasn't proven anything on grass, though, is my counter to that. Okay, Corda, yes. Um, Ben, maybe I got a little bit ahead of myself. I'm just very excited to see what he can do at his first Wimbledon. Um, this is, I think, just we've seen him prove himself on the hard court, and we know he likes to play a fast game. That first serve is gonna do him wonders, especially in those early rounds. He has a really tough first round with Taro Daniel. Second round, the potential of Maxine Cressy, that tricky serve in volley. I think if he can get past those first two rounds, he's going to be ready to take on whoever he's got in that third round, and they're not exciting. It's Andy Murray, Dominic Team, and Sitsi Pass, which no one Any one of those could see. be a win. Yeah, exactly. Like, if um, Team has made it that far, then he's clearly in good form and he could win. If Murray's made it that far, I'd be really same scared. Same goes there. If Sitsi Pass makes it that far, I'd be really scared. So... But I still, I stand by my statement as of right now, I will pick Porta versus Sheldon Shelton as my fourth round. I think they have the game to do it. Um, good movers, big first serve. It's kind of like that typical American uh, game style, in my opinion, where it's setting up a one-two punch. Big first serve uh, leads to a forehand. We saw that with John Isner. We saw that with Andy Roddick. We saw that with... You can just rile off a list of but, players. But to me, you know. but to me, it's it's the new age version of those where they're far they are far more dependable from the baseline than a guy like Isner or Sam Query or absolutely even a Stevie Johnson or someone like that. Like a Cordus backhand, I could go on and on about. That's what I was gonna get to. Because I feel like if you good. if you yeah. if you're looking at John Isner and you just keep riling at that backhand, it's gonna break. Yeah. It's going to go much hard faster than court as well. But yeah. And Shelton, the lefty, it's really tricky to play against him. Yeah, it is. Especially he can with that hard. big first I, serve. Yeah. Yeah. He's still he trying to figure out the movement. Out serve. Yeah. Yeah. He could. He's still trying to figure out the movement on grass. I'm really, really high on Ben. I think I'm probably more high on Ben Shelton than you are in general. I just don't know if I'm very high on him at Wimbledon this year. I think I'm high on him on grass in general, but just not this year. So for my fourth round, I'm going to go Seb Corda over. Uh, I'm going to do it. Andy Murray. See, that's where I was hoping you were going with this. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I th- that, that four right there, Peniston, Murray, team, Sitsi pass. First of all, I feel really bad for Peniston. Man, Peniston, I feel worse for team. I was just going to say, imagine being Ryan Peniston and looking at your draw and realizing, hey, you have to play Andy Murray. And if you can get past that, you have two Grand Slam finalists, a Grand Slam winner in one of them. I'm just and, and then you go past that and you have the guy that just made a huge breakthrough at the Aussie Open a few months ago. Just I would I would be yeah. so deflated looking yeah, at that no, draw. Yeah, no. So is the life of a wild card at Wimbledon. But yeah, I just really quick, I do want to touch on Cincy Poss. For me, yeah. he certainly could go far with his ability to hit the first serve and forehand. Notice the common theme. But the first serve, the forehand, and the volleys are great. But it's just the backhand to me is just such a weakness, especially on the return of serve. When there is that clear of a pathway to beating a top five opponent, you can bet that there will be at least one player in the draw who 
is going to be able to harp on that weakness and really pick at it and just break Pass down. And to me, I think Murray is going to be able to do that on the grass with his kind I, I of even his think savviness. Could, yeah. I even think it could be Dominic team. Team knows what to do against Pass. He knows how to play him. I think he does. I just don't. I just don't think team has the form right now, which is really unfortunate because yeah. you wish he could have gotten an easier first round, but it is what it is. I think honestly, uh, with Sitsi Pass, what makes it what makes it so difficult here is his game is way better accustomed to a clay court um, with the heavy topspin he hits. Um, his kick serve is great, no doubt about that. What does that do for you on the grass? Not as much as any other surface. So I have my doubts about Sissy Pass. I don't have him going farther than I my ceiling for him is the quarterfinal. Um yeah, I, sounds fair. I honestly I don't even think it gets there. I think by the time he gets to the fourth yeah. round, Ben Shelton figured it out. Like I think by the time he gets to the second round, Andy Murray has had it figured out for 10 years. So I I, I can 100 percent see a Shelton versus Andy Murray for uh third round, and that very much so excites me. Um yeah. With that said, I think we, we final I think quarter, we final prediction a quarterfinal. Uh quarter Shelton. Quarter Shelton. American. All American quarterfinal. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go wait. How can quarter and Shelton be in are they in the oh, same? Oh sorry, sorry, sorry. My 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 thing is just uh wonky. Um it's showing me a semifinal in the place of quarterfinal. Um Sarundalo yeah, they versus they would meet in the fourth round, wouldn't they? Yeah. Sarundalo Corda. Yeah, I have Sarundalo Corda and I have Corda winning. Uh, I I I have to take Sarundalo on this one just by a hair. Yeah, it's a fair. I, I can I I see Corda winning though. I just think Sarundalo has much better momentum. I think coming into Wimbledon with a title is yeah, no. so powerful. Yeah. On the flip side, with he could said, even be quite tired by the time he gets to the quarterfinal. But yeah, let's move on to the next section. And this is someone that I'm very excited. Uh, talk about quarterfinals. Made the quarterfinals last year. Yannick Sinner. Oh, boy. I'm high on him. I, I really want to see a deep run from him. God, what I wouldn't give. What I wouldn't give to see a deep run from him. Yeah. I think consensus-wise, we might... Between the two of us, we might be the highest podcast on the world <laughs> on Yannick Sinner. Yeah. Like given given the way we've hyped him up throughout this entire year, like people would people if people only listen to this podcast, they'd be like, "Why doesn't Yannick Sinner have eight Grand Slams by now?" <laughs> but <laughs> what can we say? He's just our guy. Every every show has to have one guy. Ours is Yannick Sinner. But to me, it I am a little concerned about the ankle issues that he's had and just the ability to stay healthy, especially in best of five sets. But if he can navigate his way through this section, I do actually have him getting to the quarterfinal and winning the quarter. So as do I, I think this is a very favorable draw for him. Honestly, uh, you look at the other guys in his draw. It's just so favorable for him. In my opinion, Um, the seeds that he got are again, um, not as dangerous as other seeds, not to say that they're not dangerous at all, but I would say not as dangerous as say the quarter Shelton that we just got off. Of. Yeah. yeah. Um, like to be getting Dan Evans, Yoshito Nishioka, um, who else? Taylor Fritz. Yeah. Taylor Fritz is really tough. I mean, but... the only threat in my opinion is Taylor Fritz. If you want to go farther than that, I'd say Altmaier could be a threat. 
to to get Diego Schwartzman in your quarter is some sort of luck, honestly. Um, I hate just to because say it, Schwartz, yeah. Schwartzman's. Listen, I love Diego Schwartzman. He's awesome, but man, his record this year has been, let's say, less than stellar. Yeah, it's been um, abysmal. You can just say it. it's been abysmal, but it's, it's been awful, man. For a guy that you that was in the top ten. It's been really, really bad. Um, and uh, he is starting to find some form. Like, he's picked up a couple yeah. of wins recently. And honestly, I, and I do root for him. Like, I really do think I, I really wish Schwartzman could find the level. But if it's, I don't I, think it's going to happen for him here too, of But all we places. have to be honest with ourselves at this point. I don't point. think it's going to happen at Wimbledon of all places. So do with that statement what you will. But but just even even then, going through the rest of the list, to me, Roberto Batista, good Agut could be very, very dangerous. Former semifinalist here. He his he is a real veteran on grass and knows his way on the surface and can beat just about anybody. And if you have an off day, he will capitalize and just make you pay. So Bautista Agut could be tough. Shapovalov. Shapo's tough on the grass. We we've we know this. This yes, is we, we know I this, mean, but we also know when we talk about hard, like predominantly hardcore players, there's always like they do better on grass or clay. Um, Chapo is one of them that is, I would say, a hardcore player that does better on grass. Um, I have a lot of doubt just because his game is very streaky, and um, a lot of time and, he and wins. Just, the problem on is there's just low risks. margin, yeah. That's what, I was gonna, that's what I was gonna say. He he wins on taking risks, and that's not a sustainable game. Yeah. To play heading into deeper stages of the tournament. Yeah. Um, maybe it works against Radu Albo. Sure. Great. Um, he's made the semifinal here before. Not surprising because when he goes I, on a hot streak, I do think he that goes on a hot streak. actually I do think that Shapovalov actually has like a really, really bad record historically against Lloyd Harris. I don't think he's ever beaten him, which is really weird, but it, it's just one Who, of those matchups yeah. in tennis where you see those names and you're just like, okay, well, I guess. We'll Let me ask, who but... do you take out of this? Who's your quarterfinal here? I have Yannick Sinner over Bautista Good. I have Yannick Sinner over Bautista Good. But I, I don't have I enough trust sure. in, in Casper Ruud, but. I, I I just don't think Casper's ready on grass and he played no warmups. And to me, he doesn't look interested in doing well at Wimbledon. We've all seen the videos of him playing golf and doing whatever. Listen, he defended his French open final points. If he wants to take the month off, he can take the month off and just rejoin for the hard court season or for the Casper rude swing in Bostad, Gustad and wherever else in the post Wimbledon clay. But in, in the interest of time, what is our final quarterfinal? Yannick Sinner over Batista Gu. How about the last quarter now? I I mean, I, 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 I could a, just I go very, chalk. Please don't tell a, me. You, a, yeah. We talked about this before the show, but please don't tell me you picked Bublik. I have him losing to Rublev in the fourth round. Don't fret. Okay. Okay. Um, I have, here, I have okay, here, Rublev, here's a real I have upset. Rublev versus Novak, and I have a hopeful throw in for Hubie Hercatch in there. Here's a real upset that I have. I have Mackie McDonald beating Bublik in the first round. No. no I'm telling no. you. I'm no. telling you. No. Did you or did my, you not see the form that McDonald was in, this in last week? Yes. 
Did you see the form that Bublik was in last week? Have, um, have you have you seen the fact that the Holla champion of the last four years has lost in the first round of Wimbledon? Fair. Um, my kind of potential upset for this one, and this is going to be a little bit crazy, um, but I'm just going to say it. Michael Moe over Felix. No, that Felix that's a re- has yeah. not shown me enough this year, and Michael Moe has a very nice game that could fit to the grass if he adapts it well. Yeah, Felix has definitely had his struggles with injury, form, confidence, all of it. I think Echeverry could be dangerous as well, but I just don't know if he's ready yet for the grass because it is so quick. Yeah, I think he's better on the hard courts and obviously had a really good showing on clay last year or at the French Open last month. And last one on the men's draw, just I because th- we already touched on Novak. I feel so bad for her catch. I do. This is he's a player that could excel at this tournament. And we've seen him yeah. excel. This How many people have beaten Roger, you know, at Wimbledon? Well, Not Roger was any. on one knee and on his way out. It was his last match of his career, but. Yeah, sure. Um, But bageling is something else. Um, That's true. But to get in the same draw as Novak Djokovic. Yeah, no, it's tough. just so tough. It is. It's just really and unfortunate. That's, I, have him, I have him yeah. down in the fourth. I have him losing in the fourth round to Djokovic. He goes. Same. If if it wasn't for Djokovic, I'd have him go farther. If he was in like the quarter above him with Rublev and Bublik, I would have put him to the to the quarterfinal. Yeah. No, I have a million yeah. percent. Yeah, no, I have him there. And then yeah, we'll just we'll just avoid the elephant in the room. Djokovic over Rublev. I just don't think Rublev has what it takes to beat Djokovic in the quarterfinal. It is what it is. All right, let's should let's we move shut over? out a few first rounders that we that you know people should have their eyes eyes on. Why don't we wanna, go with, go yeah, yeah. I mean, I have Davidovich Fakino and Arthur Feast. I think that could be a really interesting one. Um, Kubler Umber could always be tough. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to draw. Oh, Matteo Berrettini. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, Matteo Berrettini against Lorenzo Senego. That's one. I, I decided to go a little bit more on the obscure side, per se. Uh, I have Bublik versus Mackie McDonald. Yeah. Upset um, alert. Upset Rusuvori versus Stan Wawrinka. And this one I'm very excited to see. Jordan Thompson versus Brandon Nakashima. Yeah, could be tough. But I think, I think that one I think could that be goes very five. interesting. That goes match. five, I think, yeah. That could definitely go five. Yeah. Yeah. Dark Baratini, Senego, Tiafo, yeah. Ibing Wu. I had that one. Yep. Sissy Pass team, I think, is a given. Uh, that yeah, one's Sitsipas pretty obvious. Team. Yeah. Um, But any dark horses on this men's side? Yeah, I mean, I have plenty. Uh, Andy Murray, Dominic team, former champions who injury have kind of sidelined them in a way. But Maxime Cressy, just with his serve, if he can just catch fire for three matches in a row, I wouldn't be shocked to see him in the second week, really. Like, um, I, I have I have Alexander Bublik. <laughs> as, as well, we can tell, yeah, I'm a little bit did, high on him. Well, we didn't um, mention Milos Raonic. That's a go. That's a good one, but I no, sorry, no, too yeah, fresh for me. Exactly, too fresh. Um, Ben Shelton I just don't think- for me. I you you could call him a dark horse. Yeah. Um, this one was kind of just a funny pick. Um, in honor of my buddy Logan, who's a big fan of this guy, and I think he could do some really good damage. Uh, Yuri Lahachka. Yeah, nice no, big game. Yeah, Lahechka has the game for it. Could has the game to uh, make a breakthrough. Yeah, 
Later, um, I think we need to go over your definition of a dark horse, but we we can do that off camera. But <laughs> okay, that's why uh, I said Lahechka just yeah, yeah. just out of out of nowhere. Um, Isn't Lahechka seated? Is he actually? I didn't think he was. I don't know. Um, he no, he's be. not. No, he's you. not. Okay. Um, the other the other one that I didn't tell you about earlier that just kind of surfaced in my mind that would be fun to watch uh, is Marcos Giron. Um. Could do some good damage on uh, on the grass. Um, I would throw. I was I was planning on throwing Chris Eubanks out there, but given that his second round is potentially Cam Nori, <laughs> I you could call him a dark horse, but you know, tough draw for a dark horse. Yeah, no, I think Liam Brody's really tough. I think he. I have I have Liam Brody beating Casper Rude. Um, second round, not a bad pick. Yeah. Uh, second round, I just think he's going to be able to find Rude's backhand on the surface with his lefty forehand. So, could be a, could be a fun battle there. Why don't we go ahead and give our semifinal and final predictions for the men, and then move on to the women's draw? Uh, can you go first? Okay, sure. Go. I'll go ahead. I have Alcaraz over Sebi Korda. Okay. Um, and I have Djokovic over Yannick Sinner. And I have Djokovic beating Alcaraz in the final. I I have this. I have the same second semifinal and final. I'm just so torn between Corda and Sarundalo. I'm so torn. I really am. Why don't, I, why don't you I, go with Sarundalo? For I want to of... pick Sebi all day long, but Sarundalo is too tempting to pick. I think you should go with Sarundalo for the sake of the listeners not having to hear us give the same predictions. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Um, should I take him to beat uh, Carlos in the in the semis as well? And let's not get crazy. Why not at this point? Why not? Why not Djokovic over Korda? Korda makes a makes a slam final in twenty twenty three. Fair enough. Yeah, I will Go say ahead. though, in all seriousness, if I wouldn't be shocked to be if it was any tournament. If it was going to be any of the four slams. I think it would be this one just because the draw is the most open for him. Um, yeah. Whether he's a better grass court player or hardcore player, that's to be debated. But I think there are so many. And, more and he's solid on clay too. He's so, really, really good on yeah. all surfaces. He just I just think that there's healthy. so many more competitors on the hard court. Yeah. Uh, I think Wimbledon's way more open for him. Yeah. But to the ladies, and we promise we'll be much quicker, quicker with, with this one. Um, Igus Fiantek. How do we feel? She looked good in Bad, in Bad Homburg. Let me say it. She looked good in Bad Homburg, and I'm not going to lie. This is a ballsy statement. I, 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 I really don't think she got food poisoning. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't buy it. I think she wanted to go to, to Wimbledon and get prepped and get settled in. Yeah, I just I, think, I think, I just think I that think... she proved to herself that she can play on grass. And it's a yeah. big step that she even this is her first. I'm not I'm pretty sure this is her first pro grass event outside of Wimbledon. Last year, she went straight from the French to Wimbledon. And we all see how that turned out. She won one match and then got whooped by Elise Cornet, the seed killer. Yeah, I just well, I yeah. this is just. Yeah. For I yeah for the sake of. For the sake of not speculating, I'm going to say. 
that, you know, maybe she had a bit of a stomach ache and realized, oh, yeah. you know, Wimbledon's in three yeah. days. I should start getting ready for that. And maybe she pulled out just as a precautionary measure. That's all I'm saying. That's all I will continue to say. Who, yeah. I do think she's going to be fine for Wimbledon, though. Who are your top contenders for the women's draw? I have two uh, that I believe is my semifinal. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's my yeah, quarterfinal. Semif- Apologies. It's my it's my quarterfinal. Okay. Well, I have two I think that are my semifinal. That one. Yeah. I have two yeah. that are my semifinal, and that's Elena Rubakina against Arena Sabalenka. That, that's think, also my semifinal. Yeah. I think just yeah, the ability that the two of them have shown with the first serve, the fluidity in the ground strokes, the movement has been very, very solid from both of them. Rubakina has won this tournament. She's the defending champion for a reason she can play on the surface sabalenka is the same way she's made a semi-final here and she's won a slam this year was one point away from reaching the french open final let's keep that in mind we could all be talking about arena sabalenka as a french open finalist right now or even a champion who knows but all i'm saying is i just to me sabalenka and rabakina are the co-favorites for the title for me, Sabalenka is lower than than this next one. I just think so. Rabakina is my favorite, but I think that the entire tennis world has not given one player enough credit um, and enough mention in the conversation for Wimbledon champion, um, and that's Petra Kvitova, um, two time champion at the All England Club in 2011 and 2014. Kvitova champion in Miami is, this year. An absolute grass beast. And I don't think that the media has given her enough credit and enough mentions in the conversation of who could seriously make a deep run, let alone win this title. The only hurdle, in my opinion, for her, there are two hurdles, and she has a very unfortunate draw, in my opinion. Her fourth round is potentially on Jabir, last year's finalist. And if she beats Jabir, say that's the fourth round, who does she face in the quarterfinal? Defending champion. This yeah, is a very no. tough draw for Kvitova, but I think outside of Rabakina, I would even dare to say she is probably the best grass court player, in my opinion, or one of the best outside of Rabakina. Her yeah. game is so good. That tricky lefty serve, uh, really heavy flat ground strokes that skim, has the ability to slice and change pace. Tennis IQ is out of the freaking roof i just think kvitova deserves more credit for how good she is on grass and every time grass season comes along she is just on a different level yeah and i'm not I mad at take, take her I'm not mad at a million it. percent i just i can see her beating jabur i don't think i can see her beating rabakina um yeah, I I can see her beating Jabir, even though Jabir's a certainly very comfortable on the grass. She's in my list of contenders as well, defending finalist. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I just I think just the bottom half is just really unfortunate. Like I just don't think any, yeah. it's going to be really hard for anybody to come out of that. I do want to throw in one I, I think, more name yeah. is go for uh, French Open finalist this year, Carolina Mukova. Yeah, I think. What sets Rabakina and Kvitova apart for me, and I think you could even attach that to Mohova and Sviantek, is they move so well. 
and especially it goes for Rabakana and Kavidva specifically on grass. They move very well. And we yeah, talked they're very about comfortable. the new guys having to adapt to moving on the grass. That is something that Rabakana and Kavidva have done very well. Yeah. Um, and I just think those are my favorites. Um, I hate to say it that it's so limited, but like you said, I mean, the bottom half of the women's draw is very unfortunate, in my opinion. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. With that with said, all that said, yeah. Riling through seeds, starting with Iga Sviantek. Um, the big thing that I wanted to note for Sviantek moves very well. We we've talked about this before. Very much so a power player. Her top spin forehand is great. Unfortunately, it doesn't really fit with the grass, hence why she's won three French opens at the last four. But what I noticed in Bad Hamburg that was very promising to me is that her serve has improved. It's yeah. the serve percentage went up a lot in Bad Hamburg. And that was a big liability for her. Um, That's something that you could get over on clay because she had a really nice slice and kick serve that she could rely on and fall back on on the grass. That's not as effective. That slice serve could do a lot. Kick serve won't do very much. Um, Having that first serve be more consistent because she has a really good first serve. It's just inconsistent. And that improved promising for me. I have her going very far in this tournament. Yeah. No, I I also have her far going far, but I well, not too far as we'll get into in our predictions, but I do have her in the second week. Um which Fiontech, the key has always just been the forehand losing its effectiveness on the grass and also like we like we talked about the serve she's just not as comfortable moving on the grass as she is on clay and hard even but yeah it just it, it feels like this could be the tournament where she figures it out and she certainly yeah. displayed the signs of wanting to figure it out she's what she's put out what her team has put out has clearly like she's clearly stated like i want to be a wimbledon champion i want to be able to establish myself as one of those all-time great players who was able to figure it out across surfaces so it would be really interesting to see if she's able to do that at this tournament i i think it's a possibility she has traits like her return of serve the ability that she has to just absorb pace and also just redirect it and smack it right on the baseline a la Novak Djokovic it's it's darn right impressive like it just it it is it's just unbelievable how well she's able to impose herself on her opponents the question is whether she can do it on this surface I lean yes so therefore I do have her going pretty far she does have a very tough draw in my opinion um Coco Goff, one of my, um, also one of my dark horses that we'll mention later, um, Alina Svitolina. Um, Vika Azarenka is in this draw. Belinda Bencic and uh, Dasha Kasatkina, two players that we know uh, can play very well and adapt very well to the grass. 
Um, and some other sneaky names like Katie Swan um, yeah. and Harriet Dart, Brits that know the grass very well um, and are kind of accustomed to it uh, better than other players that grew up in countries or grew up on clay courts or hard courts. With that said, I think the other seeds in her draw, um, Petra Martic and Magdalenette are the next seeds that I think I'm I'm gonna say they are very, very difficult. Um I don't know if you would call Magdalenette a dark horse if you got on me about Ben picking Ben Shelton as a dark horse. I, I wrote down Magdalenette. I will um, at least give you Magdalenette. Although she is the 23 seats. Never mind. I'm not giving okay, you Magdalena. Let, okay, being realistic, horse, but... full love to Magda. That is solely because of her very deep run at the Aussie Open. Um yeah, but that, she's that gives that a lot of she, points. Yeah, yeah. That gives a lot of points. Um yeah. I just think Lynette has a very good game for this surface. Um, really nice, heavy, uh, flat ground strokes. If she's consistent and she's hitting her marks, she's very dangerous. Um, keeps the ball really low. Um, can move really well. Super tough. Again, it's something about Polish players and their serves. On the women's side, needs work, but they're great movers. On the men's side, Hubi Hercatch just riles serves out. Uh, yeah, has a great serve and great movement, just can't hit a forehand. But Magdalenette, her first serve, when it's on, it's on, just like the rest of her game. Uh, Petra Martic, another player that can play very well on the grass. Um, how do you feel about those two? Yeah, could definitely make deep runs and very clearly could trouble whoever they face. If it's Sviantek, I think they could actually give her a run for her money, especially if she's not confident but I do think that she ultimately would get through the both of them. I think the good thing for Shriantek with this one is that she wouldn't, is that she doesn't see a strong grass court player until the third round. Yeah. Not to say the players in her, in that, you know, first two rounds aren't strong players on grass, let alone at all. Just they're not, you know, grass specialists. Seeing Petra Martic in the third round, by that point, Iga's already, you know, confident. She feels more comfortable. You look at where she lost last year. She lost to Cornet because she had only played one match on the grass up to that point. Um, The next two seeds, Bencic, Kasatkina, we touched on them earlier. I'm very high on them. It's it's so tough that this is what Iga's dealing with. Yeah, I relatively tough draw but and even the qualifiers and the wild cards in this draw are really really dangerous i mean the fact that venus williams and alina svitolina is a first round match is just downright unreal even Katie Swan Kennan, being a wild card i mean yeah sophia kennan and coco goff sophia kennan's a former grand slam champion and had to qualify for this event just go it just but, it really does just go yeah. to show the depth of the women's tour and the ability that every single player down from 1 to top 250 really has yeah um i mean the next the next player that i want to touch on i'm very high on coco goff me too on on grass i'm i'm pretty on, high on, on grass coco yes Goff's her record is phenomenal this is where she broke out back in way back in 2019 when you know she was 15 i was 15 but um, she has not lost earlier than the third round of this tournament which yeah. is what she did last year in 2019 and 21 she both both times made the fourth round 
Last year fell in the third. This I I just I just think she's really good for this yeah. and and this just is... recently scored a win over Jesse Pagula, which I believe was her first top five win of the year, which is really surprising that it's taken her till July yeah. to be the but, top five player. But realistically, she hasn't but, she hasn't had a bad loss. I mean, maybe one here or there, but she really hasn't had an yeah, astounding maybe, loss where you've where you've come shocked at the result. But then again, like. Coco hasn't had a bad loss. She also hasn't had a good win, which has been kind of the defining factor of her season. She's kind of stagnated a little bit, which I think is really interesting. And obviously the big thing is the matchup with Iga Shviantek. How do you see that going? Um, I have to lean this in Coco's direction. I just think she's better um, accustomed to the grass. Um, it's a smidge. It is a literal hair. Um, if I'm being completely honest, when I wrote my notes last night, I totally put Iga through. Um, for me, that's a toss-up. It's it's who's on on that day, who feels comfortable up until then. I'm going to need to see the matches prior to that match to make a confident pick because like any other player, these girls both rely on comfortability and confidence that is built up through winning earlier stages yeah. of the tournament. Um, well, if you, you put these two against each other in the first round, it, would, it might be a different question. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you this though. Given the matchup problems that Coco Goff has had against Fiontek, it, it it really could be interesting. Just forehand to forehand, Iga has just found a way to really just target Coco's forehand and the structural like issues that it has with the extreme grip and just her inability to really have major consistency and consistent depth on that shot. I really do think Iga would be, could be able to find a way to target that. And Iga Shriantek might be the only player on tour who can match Coco Goff physically, like just in terms of in, from a court coverage perspective, I think these two are the best athletes we have on tour when it comes to lateral yeah. movement and just court coverage and all around defense. I think they are yeah. one and two. I agree. And I mean, that's where I think Iga just excels. I hands down have to say, and I'm going to go as far to say both men's and women's tour. I think Iga Shvantec is the best mover in the game right now. The way that she's able to redirect pace and position her body with the way that she moves, even the like minute things of like taking those little, those little mini steps before hitting a forehand. It's textbook. Her movement yeah. is absolutely textbook. Yeah. Um, it's up there. Honestly, yeah. I just think what's so crucial. And I think this is what makes tennis so difficult to be good at is you have to look at how much goes into footwork and movement. Um, and the way that she's mastered not it's not just speed it's body positioning it's foot positioning it's how you set up for a shot you know it's how you know even the little things of like how you distance yourself from the ball to allow you know your arm swing all those kind of little details are why i put her ahead and i think she's i'll, I'll say like it was it was gutsy to say of, of both tours but i definitely think i would put her as number one mover on the women's tour yeah, no, I it's not even an awful take, really. Like, I, I kind of agree with you there, but 
going it's back a little to bit gutsy to say yeah. to say both on the men's and women's tour but when novak Djokovic um, is kicking around and carlos alcaraz is at the speed he is but just comparatively yeah it, it's it's a pretty close look so no one would really fault you for saying he goes a, a better mover comparatively again i'm not saying she's yes. faster than Djokovic or alcaraz and this but, is also not saying whether or not she's a better tennis player we're look i'm just looking at yeah at body motion and movement alone yeah. separated from yeah. everything else yeah i would still maybe lean novak but it's a it's a close call i, will I think the big thing that novak back, has is flexibility the way that he's able to stretch his body while still making an effective shot yeah but also i think is unmatched yeah but also just the little even the little things the footwork and and the little steps that he takes we have to include that when it comes to movement as well i think Djokovic does have Sriantec beat there Certainly an interesting tangent yeah. that we just went on, but but to not get sidetracked, um, yeah. Jesse Pagula, really quickly, how do we feel about Jesse? Sorry, really quickly, I do want to make this one point. If Coco is going to get over that matchup problem that she has against Riontek, I do think it's going to be at this tournament, at this surface, on this surface. Like this is it has clearly to be her, on this surface. This has to be her best shot in a while. So like, her, I, I think, think, I think if she does yeah. it, she's it's going to be here. For me, the main the main thing behind that is just because Iga's topspin forehand, that heavy topspin forehand, is way too effective on clay and hard court. And it's very much so neutralized by the grass. Like, this is the place that could neutralize her game and make her a much more beatable player. We saw how much of an effect it had at the U.S. Open, at the French over the last three, uh, three out of four tournaments. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I fully agree with you. If this is, if there's any time for Coco to finally get that win over Iga, it would have to be on this surface. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to say for my quarterfinal prediction, I'm going to go Goff over Sviantec. I'm going to oppose you. I'm going to go Sviantec over Goff. Yeah, certainly fair. I think even though Coco had that great outlook, this is my last point on this one. Even though Coco had that great outlook on playing Iga at the French Open of, you know, if, you know, to beat the best, you have to beat, to be the best, you have to beat the best. And that great outlook of, you know, I'm excited for an opportunity, another opportunity to prove myself. That's all great and well, but I think that there's still an inkling in her mind of just like, I have never beaten her. In probably what I think like four five meetings. Um, yeah, it's just really tough. Um, but it could go either way. I did what I, I said, what I said to oppose you. And with that said, um, Jesse Pagula, I think she's a very good draw. Um, her fourth round area, um, Hin Wen Zhang is who I would, point out to be a threat to her but i i definitely see her going very far um even her quarter as yeah even even her quarter as a whole is i would honestly say the least threatening quarter i will dare to say that yeah um matova is dangerous to me um sloan stevens you never know what she could do alicia parks Um, her serve If Alicia Parks' serve just catches fire and she's able to bulldoze her way through her opponents, she could be real trouble. I'm not 100% sold on it happening, but it's it's certainly a distinct possibility. I haven't seen enough from Caroline Garcia nor Layla Fernandez to really have some, you know, 
trust there. But in terms of who I think comes out of this quarter, um, it's Jesse Pagula. Yeah, I can't believe I can't believe I'm going chalk here too. But I, yeah, I'm going I'm going Jesse Pagula as well. I think I believe I believe I have Pagula over Kudermatova in my quarterfinal for this quarter. Well, I had the same thing. So yeah, well, that's great. Yeah. All right, um, I I think it's time to move on to that last quarter. Um, this is the quarter that is just brutal. Really tough, really tough. Yeah. Um, Anjabur, um, Karolina Pliskova. Yeah, why don't we just rattle off the seeds? Petra Kvitova, Beatriz Hadadmaya, um, Yelena Ostapenko, Alize Cornet, notably the seed killer, uh, Katie Bolter, um, Maria Sakari, Maddie Keys coming hot off of uh, a win in Eastbourne. Um, Potapova, Krejcikova, Mahova, Alexandrova, and yeah. Sabalenka. That, this this bottom half, this bottom half is, is rude. ridiculous. Yeah, this this is rude. Honestly, this is just rude. Well, no, actually, he's in the men's quarter, but okay, it's fine. I'm not funny. It's okay. All right. Uh, who do you have as your quarterfinal for this third? Let's say this third quarter. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say Rabakina versus Kovitova. You know what? Uh, if you would I'm like gonna... to say a repeat of last year's final, no one's gonna be mad at you. I really, really am tempted to go with Anshabur here. You know, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna go with Anshabur. I'm gonna say Rabakina over. Jabur for the bottom half. Although I do believe we skipped a quarter, didn't we? Did we? Yeah. We complete. No, we said or no, no, we're good. We're good. Yeah. No, we're t- we're t- we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Um, I would like to say I do like Anjabur's first round. I think that's gonna be a very interesting match. Uh Anjabur versus Magda Frech. Um I'll I'll I'll, I'll say it correctly because it's because it bothers me to, to say it the other way. Um Brock is just a really tough player. Um, this is, I mean, I don't know how many times they play against each other. I feel like every single time I sit down to watch one of Magda's matches, it's against Anjabur, and she's given Anz a tough time before. I just think the inevitable is the inevitable. She's She was in the finals last year, and Jabur, in my opinion, is one of, like, is in the top three, five of those players that are good on any surface. Those all-surface players that can adapt to whatever. She's made the finals of a of a slam on every. No, she has not. She did not make a French Open final, but um, she did win in Madrid. That is something to be noted. Uh, she made she's made the quarterfinal of Roland Garros and has been the runner-up uh, at both Wimbledon and the U.S. She, in my opinion, is an all-court player, an all-surface player. Um, I just. On this surface specifically, it is hard for me to avoid picking Kvitova. Yeah, no, it's certainly. And with the form that she showed, it definitely could be a a legitimate possibility. I just, I just have a hard time going against Jabir. I just, I think on this surface, her serve, her, her versatility, her fluidity, both moving in and out the court and laterally, just is phenomenal. I think. 
her volleys. Like she just has what it takes to be a really good player on the surface. And you could see it with it's the Ash Barbie with her two Wimbledon titles. Yeah. 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 Um, let me ask you who you have in the next quarterfinal. Cause this one's a very interesting one. Uh, Sakari keys, Potapova, Krejcikova, a sneaky Heather Watson, um, Mohova, Alexandrova, Sabalenka. I have my my quarterfinals from the bottom, from the bottom part, but I think my I'm gonna let you go first because I picked a very I made a very interesting pick with that top part. Well, yeah, I think I so have I. I think I've gone for a pretty hot take here, but power tennis rules all at this stage of the women's draw, and I'm gonna go Arena Sabalenka over. Anastasia Potapova. Okay. Okay. I went a little bit more nuts and a little more um, crazy than you did. Um, I have Sabalenka beating Maddie Keys in the quarterfinal. I don't know if that's nuts, though. Because, well, I guess it is it's, nuts to project okay. Maddie Keys at a yes. slam. but At a slam quarterfinal, project Maddie Keys in a slam quarterfinal. But to me, it's she's done bit- more. To me, she's done more than Potapova has on, well, on this. Well, yes, but that was. And- but that was 2017. Yeah, it's fair. But she also she, she's just coming off generally, a title. She's coming that's off a what title. I was going to say. Coming into Wimbledon with a title is very, very powerful. Half of it based on the fact of how little amount of titles there are to win before Especially Wimbledon. Especially on the WTA Tour, given um, the fact that there are like five tournaments leading up to grass. And... I don't like Krejcikova in the fourth round, but I think Maddie Keys is much more. Um, her game is just much a, a much better fit for the grass. Um, I've watched her from like a few feet away, and oh, man, the way that she rips the ball, she has a really nice flat shot. If it if the shot goes to her forehand. She's ripping that, whether that be cross court or down the line. If her serve holds up as it did um, in Eastbourne, huge threat. Um, I think this could be a Maddie Keys quarterfinal, which we haven't seen since the Australian Open last year when she made the yeah, semis. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, and when things are clicking, it just looks so, yeah. so easy for Maddie Keys, just dismantling opponents with her just raw power and aggression and depth. It's certainly. Like, it's not an outlandish take to be projecting over the quarterfinals. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing it, but you did, so I, it's fine with me. I yeah. just, I just, for me, the other player. I mean, okay, Maria Sakari, her top seed and her part of the draw. I, I could see. I mean, also not to mention Sakari's potential second round is Paula Bedosa. Um, who did Bedosa make quarterfinal last year? I'm not sure. Uh, actually. Four, but fourth fact round, of, fourth yeah, round last year. Yeah. The fact um, that Paula Badosa is unseated, unseated at this tournament, ridiculous. Un, yeah, but another player that I think is very dangerous, and I think will be dangerous to Krejcikova, is her potential second round of Mira Andreeva. Yeah, I think that deserves a shout out. I think that'll be very, very tough. Are we um, in for Coco Mania round two? I'm in for Coco Mania round two. Let's do it. Okay. 
I, uh, why not? I, honestly, I just think, I think, I just think physically she has some room to grow. Like I, I do want to pump does. the brakes on the Andreva takes in general. And, and I'm not saying just, for I you, think I'm the Andreva hype train just needs to slow down a little bit. I think she, but deserves not by all that the much, hype. not by that much. Yeah. She does. I think she deserves the, the attention. She, de- she fully deserves the attention, but I agree with you that when we were at this point with Coco Goff, if you're talking about Coco mania, it was just, I think Coco was, a much more round, like well-rounded player, but Coco was like a Coco Andreva was like a generational is... athlete, though. Real, like realistically, like Coco was so physically advanced for her age that it was just like, how is she doing this? And the way she was playing is what was really like sparking that. Is like she was running around the court and just out, um, out. I don't know. <laughs> She's out maneuvering. There's no, there's no word. Yeah, yeah out maneuvering. Like I'm at a loss for words at what she was able to do, but she was just out maneuvering all kinds of players on the grass in 2019. It was she phenomenal. was, and she still does. Yeah, and she still does. I mean, some would argue that she hasn't progressed much since then, but I would argue that she's 20 years old, so or 19 years old, so. Let's pump the brakes on the Coco takes as well. And let's pump the brakes on Mira Andreva. She still has room to kind of physically fill out and get a little stronger. And maybe the endurance needs to get a little better, but you can't deny the talent that she possesses. It's unreal. But we're going to move on uh, as we did before. Some nice first round matches. There's so many to go through. We already, we mentioned Svitolina versus Venus Williams, how that is, a wild card versus wild card match in the first round is just beyond me. Um, Rabakina versus Shelby Rogers uh, promises to be interesting. I have Allison Risk versus Paolo Badosa. I think that one's really interesting. I think um, Katie Swan and then, Belinda yeah. Benchich could be so interesting. That, that's the next one on my list. I have Benchich versus Swan. I think, um, especially with the backing of the British crowd. Um, yeah. They always, always make it uh, interesting. It's a big yeah. factor. Yeah. They do. Sophia um, Kennan, Sophia Coco Kennan Goff. versus Coco yeah. Goff. Yeah. We're on the same wavelength here. Um, another one I have is uh Kinwin Zhang versus uh Sinyakova, who, if I'm not mistaken, Sinyakova is also like Maddie Keys, one of the few players that comes into this tournament with a title in her hands. Um, and I just I just thought this one deserved a shout out. Um, French Open finalist Marketa von Jerusalem versus college tennis's own Peyton Stearns. Yeah. I, I think that's a very interesting match. Um, It'll be interesting. I think, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we mentioned a lot of, um, or at least the media posts, a lot of like those like big heavyweight matches of like Svitolina versus Venus or Sissy Pass versus team. And um, I just think, I think I it's important like to, to shine just highlight some light yeah. on some just very close matchups, just very yeah. close in level and are sure to be interesting and yeah. be entertaining. Like a Von Drusova versus Stearns or like a mm-hmm. Kenwin Jong versus Sinyakova. Yeah, um, and to me, that drama is what makes the opening days of slabs. It's the number of five setters where you're whipping your head back and forth between the TV screen, trying to figure out, okay, well, this match is deep into a fifth set and it ended. How am I going to the next one? That's what makes a slam special. And it's important to kind of just highlight the fact that high level and good quality tennis can be found at all stages of a major and it can be found wherever you look, irregardless absolutely. of ranking and seeding and positioning. Well, let's move on to semis and final. Um, I, in keeping with what I said, in keeping with what I said, um, 
<laughs> Iga Sviantek. I have her winning the semifinal against, I think I was going to go for Jesse Pagula. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that, that quarter yeah. is so tough for me to pick, honestly. Yeah. Well, so I'm really surprised by this, but I have an All-American semifinal. And I have Sebi Pagula. And I, yeah, and I have Sebi Corda <laughs> in the semifinals of the men. So we're high on the Americans on the grass. Yeah, which is, can I just say it is a testament to how far American tennis has come to where we are picking, especially on the men's side, really. But we're picking. I mean, Serena and Venus have done their thing for years, but on the men's side, I'm we're confidently picking multiple Americans into like the last sixteen, the quarters, the semis, and. I, I picked Corda into the semi, and you've picked him for the final. Sorry, since when I have I have Alcaraz and oh okay okay I, I, I wasn't sure I wasn't sure but yeah. but here's my thing though I um I think what makes uh the Americans so good for this surface is I've mentioned it before and I think it's just a product of the American system system that they just produce very good one two punchers where you have that big serve big four followed by a big forehand. Um, yeah. I but said Roddick. I, I said Isner. You look at how well Andy Roddick has historically done at this tournament. How many finals he lost to Roger Federer. Um, note that I could not say he has won one, but Roger yeah. on grass is Roger on, on grass. But even if you take it further to products of the college tennis system and players with American coaches, Hubie Hercatch has legend Craig Boyan in his corner. And look at Hubie's game. It's also very much so one-two punch, big serve, big forehand. Um, you look at um, let's see other other products of the college system. Kevin Anderson, again, yeah. well, big serve, will... big forehand. Just um, yeah, I think uh, and it fits so well on the grass. When you have a big serve yeah. on the grass, it just really, really works. Yeah, I I do think first strike tennis is the name of the game, and the big the serve plus one combination has been lethal, and it's what's defined American tennis for so long. But I do want to point out though the fact that. The majority of these players, especially the American men, have now become so well-rounded that that's not really the strength that we're talking about. Because we it used to be a, a stereotype where it was like, okay, big serve, big forehand. They probably don't have a backhand, and they probably don't volley or move well. Right? I think Corda and Taylor Fritz are exact reasons of why that is not yeah fair anymore. And Tiafo exactly well. to me, yeah. Well, to me, Corda, Tiafo, um, Paul. Fritz. I was gonna say time their ba- to me their backhands are more reliable and dependable weapons than their forehands are even if their forehands are what wins them matches the backhands their are their forehands reliable. are stronger in terms of power in terms of raw power yeah but their, but their backhands, backhands are, are much more consistent strokes. and dependable yeah. yeah the backhands are better strokes you could even make the argument that ben shelton has a better and more dependable backhand despite the for the forehand artillery and the power that he possesses on that wing you could make the case that he has a better backhand. So it's a testament to really diagnosing what the problem was and working on it and finding a way to, and maybe it was subconscious and maybe it just so happened that, you know, in Can I also years, say we've, we've mentioned five, um, five American men and three of them have coaches in their boxes that are um, either very experienced on tour as coaches or players. Ben Shellen obviously has his dad, Brian, and Sebi Corda obviously has his dad, Petter Corda. And uh, Taylor and Fritz Paul Anacone. Yeah. And what's called? Has, um, has um, Paul Anacone and Michael Russell. Yeah. 
and former, Tommy Paul, Tommy and Paul has player. Brad Stein and That's Francis right. Tiafo has Wayne Ferreira, like clearly established five guys out of five. That, yeah. Clearly established guys at the top. And I, and I think um, some credit has to go to the coaches and the people in their boxes that we just mentioned um, for really completing their game. Yeah. I mean, I think the benefit of, of picking um, a former pro as your coach is the amount that they could advise you on shots that are probably weaker for you. Um, I mean, you look at a great example is Roger when he took on Stefan, uh, Stefan Edberg um, and what Roger said it, the purpose was, and it was to improve his volley game. He wanted to bring it back to what it used to be. And he did. It yeah, did no. improve a lot over that time. And I think when you bring on someone with the experience of, like we said, like we riled off those names, Petter Corda, Brian Shelton, Wayne Ferreira, Michael Russell, former players, and then Paul Anacone being Paul Anacone. Um, they bring in such a level of improvement. And like you said, American tennis is in such good hands right now. And back to what you said, you had an all-American semifinal confidently. Go for it. Yeah. Tangent over. We're coming back full circle. Sorry, everyone. But who who I'm do you gonna... have in the second semifinal? You've you've made clear that you have uh Coco and Pagula in that first yeah. one. Well, I'm Who's I'm gonna second? go Coco over Pagula in that semifinal. I think Coco got Coco makes her second slam game. final. Yeah. And then I have Arena Sabalenka beating Elena Rabakina in the really? other semifinal. And then I have Arena Sabalenka beating Coco Goff in the final. I have Rabakina over Shiantek. Um, And I do have Rabakina over Sabalenka in the semifinal. Um, yeah. For me, uh, the reason why I lean this towards Rabakina, Sabalenka, I think, is the more powerful player. I think Rabakina is the better mover. And I think... Yeah. When it comes to grass, where Rabakina beats Sabalenka is even with Sabalenka's very powerful, uh, you know, shots, I think Rabakina is going to be able to position herself well to receive those shots, um, to change the pace, change, you know, whatever she has to. Um, and she has very strong, flat, low shots herself that yeah. will trouble Sabalenka to get to the ball. Because yeah. Sabalenka is not as established in terms of movement on grass. And when and you, you have and you could someone, even make the case, yeah. yeah. You could even make the case that Rabakina is just more steady than Sabalenka is on this surface. There I think less ups and downs that you ride with. And maybe those one or two points are what you need. I certainly think that that's going to be the match of the tournament. I think yeah. that semifinal, if we get it, I would could be on I, I would say that is my second match of the tournament. My first match of the tournament would be a Rabakina versus Kavitova semifinal. Quarter, quarter final. Is that quarter? Quarter? Sorry, quarter. Yeah. Um, I think that would be my match of the tournament. But, I think but your point still stands. Yes. With Rabakina, I just think that this is like this is the grass player for the for like this time. I don't know how someone's gonna do it. Um, I just think she's proven herself. I also think when it comes to Rabakina versus Sabalenka on the grass, I think Rabakina's game is less risky. Um, yeah. Sabalenka takes a lot more risks. There's and... maybe a little more margin and margin for error, but I just, exactly. I just think that if, to me, the case is that if Sabalenka's on, nobody can stop her. And I think she's going to, I agree. And if enough. she makes the semifinal, she will have gathered that momentum, but as will Rabakina. Yeah, exactly. As it it could Rabakina. really go either way. And honestly, I think that's a I three, even... I think that's a three setter yeah. and that goes in Rabakina's yeah. favor in my opinion. Yeah. 
I would even go into that match saying Rabakina as the favorite. I'm just picking Sabalenka for that upset and then to win the It's title, totally possible. I, I mean, yeah. upset or not, I was going to debate if that's an upset. But I, I just think that yeah, I mean, she is Rabakina, high, she is, in my opinion, is yeah. the clear favorite here. I don't think that there's much competition um, for her outside of Kvitova and Jabir. Um she could she can beat Sviantic on the surface. If she can beat Sviantic on a hard court, she can beat Sviantic on a grass court. Yeah. Um I honestly think that would be if I'm Elena Rabakina, I wouldn't mind seeing Iga in the final. I wouldn't. Yeah. It also really establishes her. Not, yeah. not that she's not established already, but it just establishes her even more as a part of that big three. Yeah, absolutely. And how fitting would it be if each of them won the first three Grand Slam titles of the year with the fourth one coming where all of them are playing and gearing up? Uh, it's it's a it's a great storyline. I actually kind of hope it does go that way. It would have it would have been great. Me, it, yeah. it would have been great if Savalenka was the one that lost to Shantek at the French Open and then Shantek loses to Rabakina. It just would have yeah. been like a full triangle. Yeah, no. It, yeah. It would have been, but how many times have we seen that bit with the big three on the on the men's side? Yeah, it, it's um, clearly yeah. e- even exciting to the big four. Um, yeah. but our next thing as we slowly wrap up, uh, on Twitter, um, very ever so kindly, uh, John Parsons decided to uh send us a little question if not Nori, who will make it farthest of the 18, 18 being the 18 college players in the draw? Um, well, 18 in the, the Wimbledon men's, draw, yeah. On the men's side, thank you. I think so. Are you counting? Are you counting Francisco Sarundolo? Thank you for asking. I just, I really, I, I, because uh, we were discussing this earlier, and I was really frustrated. Um, just because um, Sarundolo committed to South Carolina, but never played a match for them. Um, which is why I find it kind of like low key cheap. For me to to call him like a full on college player, um, that's besides the point. I think if we include Sarundalo, I pick Sarundalo. Um, if we're not, I could give it to. There's three players I'm looking at right now. Main two being Ben Shelton and Brandon Nakashima. Um, I, I'd give a shout out to Maxime Cressy. I think. Yeah. I mean, this is the slam that Cressy does the best at, just because his game. That I mean, he's he's such a good servant volleyer. And yeah. that game style works so well on the grass. I mean, we saw it dominate the grass all throughout, you know, the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah, it's, well, Cam it's nice Nori, to see someone that does yeah. play with a serve and volley style. Yeah. Well, Cam Nori, a former TCU product and a defending semifinalist, you have to probably give him the favorite of saying, oh, he's going to make it the farthest at Wimbledon, especially yeah. with the home crowd behind him. But I'm actually going to go with. Well, in my predictions, I have Mackie McDonald going pretty far. And again, we can hash out the Mackenzie McDonald over Bublik talk later. But I think just I, I like Shelton the most out of out of the American. Uh, that's Americans fair. On but like list. when but when you watch Mackenzie McDonald and you just see the contact point and how effortless his ground strokes are and just the the He's just very satisfying to watch. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a great way to say it. Um I just really think Mackenzie McDonald could make a run here. He's really comfortable on the surface. It it could be a possibility, but yeah, to me, it's either Sarundalo, Mackie. There's just so many great college tennis players in the draw, and we didn't even. I mention think there's John a lot Isner. of. 
I think there's a lot of players that I would pick that I would pick on other surfaces. Uh, I think Chris Eubanks deserves a shout out here. Um, yeah. Obviously, coming off of that Mallorca title, but on on other surfaces, like you look at the caliber of these players. Well, we didn't and even all mention phenomenal players. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he may be past his prime and close to retirement. Who knows? But we didn't even mention John Isner. He's certainly capable of making a run here at Wimbledon. He's made a semifinal. He's, we also wouldn't be shocked if he spends his first round going five and, and with five tie breaks. So, and, and winning and winning again, yeah. tie breaks. Yeah. I, I yeah, mean, this exactly. is, if, if anyone, I mean, honestly, could we see another very long first round from John Isner? No, thank God, because they finally <laughs> instituted a tie break at, at six all in the fifth set. A yeah. Super tiebreaker, yeah. So, but I will say though, um, he does have a very tough first round in Hame Munar. And if he gets past that, Lorenzo Musetti, I have him losing to Musetti. Very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Musetti is very dangerous. Yeah. I have, I have, I have Musetti falling to her catch in the third round. Yeah. I, and I have Musetti beating Isner in the second and losing to her catch. So we're on the same page there. But anything else for us here today? Well, given that we've gone an hour and almost 40 minutes, I figure we give super producer Daniel Westoff a little break. If you want to go farther, you can, but. Oh, we'll give him his break and his props uh, for having to sit through us ramble for an hour and 40 minutes. But yeah, I guess that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, this very special live edition. We're ever so grateful uh, that we have gotten to do this live. And we hope you guys enjoyed it and that we can do this again in the future. Yeah. Any comments, any takes that you guys want to send out? You really hate what we just said? Go ahead. We don't mind. Reach out to us on Twitter at Suresh Archit, at Richard Mai on Twitter. Um, and Instagram at Cracked Rackets on both. Be sure to check out all our other great content on the Cracked Rackets website, all the action that we've been doing on our YouTube with the SoCal Pro Series and just and boatloads of content. Bro- yeah, boatloads of content and boatloads of content coming soon all your way. Once again, thank you so much to our super producer, Daniel Westoff and the entire team here at Cracked Rackets. Big thank you to all of you who make it possible for us to do all of this and ramble on about tennis for hours on end but i think that's about it 